Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Today on TV Pilot Reviews, we're covering two pilots, one about the Wild West in the late 19th century and one about Wild Brooklyn in the 21st first century. The only thing these two shows have in common is that they're both on Netflix, so don't move a muscle. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. How about this song? Classic Jill Scott. Mm. <laughs> Guys, this is Jill Scott, heavily featured in Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It. Which is one of the shows we're talking about today, in addition to Netflix's Godless, which didn't have quite this soundtrack. Not exactly. <laughs> no. A little different. I feel like, to me, the show might have been a bit more interesting if it did have this kind of soundtrack. Mm, a little precursor to how you feel about this show. Right. Right. Tell us how you really feel. Uh, before we tell us how we really feel about both of these shows, guys, this is TV Pilot Reviews. This is a show where we review ho- Hollywood's hottest new pilots. Um, as I mentioned, we're covering two Netflix shows today, both Godless and She's Gotta Have It. Both very different shows, but very interesting shows, whether we like them or not, that we're going to talk about. But before we do that, guys, my name is Jeff Graham. If you want to find me online, of course, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. And as always, I have a group of amazingly talented, brilliant, and attractive co-host. Oh, nice. oh, oh. That last one was that, my favorite one. Am I allowed to say that, that in Hollywood's current climate? <laughs> yeah. Is a, okay. Fair question. <laughs> I know. That is so fair. After I said that, like, my brain was like, okay, just be careful. <laughs> Tread lightly. And camera ready oh. co-host, Linda. Hi, Linda Antwi. You can find me everywhere on social media at Linda is so girly. Hey guys, Sam Davidson. You can find me online at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram, and I am in the live chat. I know we're all going to have different thoughts about tonight's episodes or pilots, so please let us know what you guys think in the chat, too. And I'm D'Angelo. You can hit me up on Twitter at TV or on Instagram at D'Angelo. Guys, how is everyone's Thanksgiving? It's been a week. Great. Good. Awesome. Good. I ate a lot. Good. That's are you guys still on leftovers, or have you moved on? Oh, I've definitely moved on. Okay, good. Just leftovers sure. for me just are always sure. done the next day. Yeah. Just, oh, one day? Wow. One, yeah. That's a discussion for another episode. Yeah, we'll <laughs> save it. Um, instead, we're going to talk about first, guys, Netflix's new show, Godless. This is a pretty classic Western. Um, I think it's got Shades of Deadwood, if any of you guys watched that mm. show. Linda, tell us when Godless premiered, because I didn't do as much research related to those specifics as I should have. First episode, November 22nd, which is fairly recent mm-hmm. of this year. And of course it's Netflix, so not only first episodes. All episodes. Uh, all episodes. Season. Which um, I might have checked out. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, okay, so we are going to give our overall reactions and of course our pass or play. For those listening who, for the first time, our pass or play, we say whether or not we would watch the next episode and whether or not we would recommend other people watch the next episode because sometimes those are different. D'Angelo, let's start with you, my friend. Play. Play. Strong play. How did you feel? Give us your overall thoughts. Give as well. little, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not even, I was never really, I had no emotions towards Westerns. I was either like, you know, I was in the middle. I didn't hate them, but uh-huh. like it, when I was younger, they were slow and boring. But so this is the first one I've actually, movie or TV show Western, I've actually sat down and fully engaged in. And I really enjoyed it. It was very stimulating to me. Like, I like shows that build a bunch of questions and then uh-huh. answered along the way. So it keeps me stringing along. And so it fit the mold for that. Great. Yeah. 
Uh, it's going to be a pass for me. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass for me. Uh, first of all, I've never been a fan of Western, mm. so it's was, you know, not doing well from the get-go, but... I hate things that make me feel stupid, and I'm going to be frank with you guys. I had no idea what the hell was going on <laughs> at all. I mean, I'm and my roommate was there. My neighbor came in and goes, oh, I tried to watch that last night. I didn't get what was happening, and I didn't either, but you guys did, and so I'm sure other people did. Um, but, yeah, it's a – I just – I didn't get it. I really just didn't get it. <laughs> Not for you. So you're a past – You'd also be like an audience pass, right? Yeah, just because I think even a general audience, in my opinion, wouldn't uh, really get what's going on. Wouldn't I? I just I didn't even understand what was going on enough right. to give it a real opinion. So mm. fair enough. I'm a play, play, play plus play. Mm-hmm. Great, all across the strong board. Yes, yeah, strong, very strong play, <laughs> which is a first for me since I've been on this show here. Um, and all I want to say is I said, yay, it's Jack McCoy yeah. in the first 30 seconds. A lot of fun casting in this show. Oh, yeah. I loved all of it. So I will say, I did like the casting. I liked the acting. Um, so political. Like, so I want to start with you like casting. I want to start with some things. I mean, like, I will say, this is a beautifully shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it's maybe arguably the most beautifully shot show. The last scene, I won't say yet because we're avoiding spoiler territory, mm. but there was some movement yeah. and slow mo. I was, I mean, it was like a painting. It was beautiful. Yeah. This show's not really for me, I gotta say. Um, I'm not a huge fan of westerns, and if I am a fan of westerns, I like highly stylized westerns. So mm-hmm. I think of, um, like, Tarantino stuff, I think almost has shades of classic spaghetti western stuff. Mm. I also think of, like, True Grit, the Coen Brothers movie. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. I did see that, and I hated it at the time, and then I watched it later, and I was like, you know what, I kind of like that movie. Yeah, the thing I liked about those kind of movies is I feel like they're more, like, um, twists on the classic western, and I think there are elements in the show that are a bit subversive, but for the most part, I, this is, feels like a pretty traditional Western to me. And we can argue about that later, whether yeah. or not I'm right. Because okay. I think Linda might be disagreeing, which yeah. is great. Her, I want you to face, disagree with me. Her face changed. But I have a rule. <laughs> I have a rule when I go into pilots, and it's called the Jeff Graham Rule of Laughter. And here's how it works. If your show is about a tragic historical event, like, you know, World War II or, like, the Holocaust or something, I don't need to laugh. Like, you don't need to make jokes. But if your show's about anything else, I need to laugh at least, like, twice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was no moments of levity. This was not for you to laugh. This is not for me to laugh. And I just, to me, life is funny at least one time in an hour. So, like, when I watch a show, even a very serious Western, and the whole thing is just brooding and serious and tense... It's just not for me. That's just like the Jeff Graham rule of laughter. I've always it's been. A yeah, thing. I think I kind of didn't realize it, but I probably go along with that same rule. The you JGROL. Know, it's a pretty established <laughs> yeah. TV thing. Welcome okay, out. yeah, the Welcome JGROL. Out. I mean, it's uh, everything in life can be funny, and it, like at least one liner. It's just one line where someone goes, <laughs> "That's right. all." I need. You do not go to a western to laugh. I know, but like True Grit. Has funny parts because okay. the Coen a brothers lot. are funny. I'm gonna say this. I feel like just because we're only on pilots, true, there are no funny parts in this show. But I feel like if you give it a chance, there might be some funny moments. Yeah, I and they were trying. There were definitely some like for, I I finished the season, but <laughs> there you go. There are some funny moments yeah. in there for sure. But the first episode was like I I also had that. It was just. They even, the way they started the show was like as if you're supposed to know who the characters were, Mm -hmm. which was a confusing aspect. And I feel like coming to the last five to ten minutes, they started to answer a little bit 
or at least enough for you to go to the next episode. Yeah. So I definitely understand that emotion. The emotions you guys, well, specifically you in regards to you, were just like, what's going on? <laughs> I feel like that was on purpose. Yeah. Um, but you just, it's kind of like having that patience. It was absolutely on pur- purpose. Yeah. I think that they were laying the foundation and... You know, I've always had a crazy active imagination. So I feel like as they were laying it down, I was already thinking, okay, this character has done this, has done that, and I was already creating it. So as the episode was going through and they were giving us little bits and pieces of what was happening, Mm -hmm. I was actually enjoying that because it was like blowing my mind as I was watching it. That's a great way of saying it. It's kind of like, all right, once they establish these things, it's like I'm starting to guess, okay, where are we? What's going to yeah, happen here? Yeah. And then so, like, the fun part of, in watching is seeing if I was right, if I was close. And maybe that's what made me enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I will say this is a pass for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's a play for people who like Westerns. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a pretty well done show. Just very not for me, yeah. which is fine. I mean, like, that's, I sometimes get refreshed when that happens because I feel like sometimes I'm supposed to be the mm-hmm. primary demo for television. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, kind of um, pleasantly surprised when I watch something that's not necessarily targeted for me. Anyway, but, like, I do think for those who, like, serious, bleak, um, <laughs> okay, it's very, it's very serious. Bleak might be a negative connotation. Well, but it's 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 a serious show. It's called Godless. Yeah, yeah. I will right, just but, sorry. Go sorry. ahead. I, I will just say that you know I feel as though Netflix does shows that sometimes in a way maybe isolates people. I love Netflix shows, but mm-hmm. Netflix makes their shows. It's like those people are going to love that show. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I love about it because it usually they can usually tell me what shows I'm going to like. Right, but it. On the other hand, for someone that doesn't like a Western and is watching this show, it's got nothing in it for me. It's got nothing in it, mm-hmm. you know, for the audience member that might not be, like, really into that kind of stuff. It didn't draw me in in any other way except for, you know, the famous actors mm-hmm. and the way it looked, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to totally have to disagree. Yes. <laughs> Only because I am not a Western person. I'm not the Western demographic. Um, and I loved this show. And I loved... It was almost like a murder mystery. Yeah. But in a Western 1880s backdrop, so you had to kind of figure it out with the and, twist of like female, like female right. dominant community right. in, the, in, that, in that era. That yeah. was like cool. I thought that, that was right. cool. And to have yeah. that, have a, what's her name, uh, Michelle Ducky. Is that who played Alice? From Michelle da- Dockery. Dockery, excuse yeah. me. From downtown, to be that strong character from mm-hmm. the get go, mm-hmm. like. State yourself. I thought all of that was amazing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree. Yeah. 100. I love that. I love yeah, it too. Finally, <laughs> no, the I think panel it's the first time we agree. really disagreed. Um, I want to make sure we come back to a lot of the stuff we're talking about, particularly the feminism of the show, because I'm interested in that. But before we do that, I do want to talk a bit about the development history of the show. Um, again, the longer you listen, guys, the more spoiler territory we're getting into. But this is more going to just be some interesting encyclopedic facts about what we're getting into. This show was written, directed, created, and executive produced by Scott Frank. <laughs> who has a very interesting um, kind of development history. Mm -hmm. He wrote Get Shorty. He wrote Minority Report. uh, Most recently, Mm -hmm. Logan. Mm -hmm. I think another movie Mm -hmm. that's great, but pretty bleak. Um, But that's okay. Um, (laughs) Bleak in the best way possible, (laughs) but not. (laughs) Um, He No laughs. Interestingly, partnered with Steven Soderbergh on this, who I really like. Um, Steven Soderbergh is one of those producers who's oeuvre is very diverse. I mean, like, you can point to any movie he's done. He's done stuff like Magic Mike, 
but also stuff like yes, Sex Lies and Videotape, but also like The Knicks. So, yeah. but where's that? Yeah. You know, I know he was a producer on, but like, where's that dialogue? Like, with I know, and where's that like back what and forth? What do you mean by where's that dialogue though? Well, what okay, because uh, typically where's the not boring part. Yeah, Steven. <laughs> well, are there shows that shows TV shows or movies that you guys have watched that are serious the entire time, and you're like, man, I enjoyed that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, for like Ozark on Netflix. Yep, I would say. Okay. that. I 100%. But, you know, also, there's, you know, it always, it has, I don't, what's, I don't know, uh, the... Well, it has a scandalous aspect to it that, like, I and, feel like reels people in. And, and like, Ozark is mystery. not really a serious type Yeah, if that's show. your definition of serious, and yeah, then I, this get, is definitely I get why y'all didn't like it. <laughs> Orphan Black, I mean, that also has a lot of funny parts. Um, it's fantastic. But, uh, the Steven Soderbergh, he, typically, the things that he does, I feel, has a little bit more intrigue. They're all different, but mm-hmm. they all kind of have style. A, a style to it, and a lot of it is witty dialogue and banter. I mean, for, oh. and even for you guys to say that it's not witty is really interesting, too, because the the, the villain in the show is, like, yeah. extremely religious, which is, like, super, like, it's just like, what? And the way he does it is just... So it's Genius. just, it's the type, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's just the type uh, st- stylism you guys are looking for is just not the show. But to say it's bleak or bad is, I, not that bad. Wrong, yeah. Just bleak. I mean, bad. Yeah. I, she said bad. Yeah, I'm trying, it's also interesting because I think you guys have watched more than the pilot, which is fair because probably a lot of people listening yeah. maybe have as well. For those who haven't, Sam and I have just watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. sounds like you guys might have a bit of a wider perspective on what the show is than yeah. just Sam and I. Because you cheated, but <laughs> see, but I, I, I kept watching because I love the first episode. Yeah, one. I guess. So that. you always do that, so like, I don't throw me under bus. I don't <laughs> normally do that, no, right. so that shows that I actually really enjoyed the show. Right. And I sat and you actually did the whole Netflix till you. Yeah. Are you still watching? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. It's a little bit of an embarrassing moment when that. Um, <laughs> well, what's interesting is Scott Frank, who created the show, also directed all of these episodes. So mm-hmm. this is a rare example. Um, True Detective is the same way where the creator not only obviously created and produced the show but wrote and directed every single one of these seven episodes which I mean that's impressive like you've got to say no matter how you feel this really is Scott Frank's show it's his vision through and through Mm. and I think it's cool I will say up until five years ago, that really didn't happen on TV. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even Norman Lear had a big room of writers. So yeah. I, I do get excited when I kind of see the auteur opportunity yeah. for television creators, because that's a new thing, and, like, Netflix and HBO is opening these doors. Well, so. is it a limited series? Because... I think it is. Yes, yes. That was, so this was it. this it's, was like it's a said movie. and done, yeah. seven right. episodes, mm-hmm. and, An yeah, it's, it's like a... Seven-hour movie. Yeah, it's like a long. Yeah, I, I, I know it's I know it's uh, an hour because I kept on pausing. <laughs> and there, is and it still like, Do you know what? Are you're already, joking me? They're already talking about this miniseries uh, for for award season. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like this one is. I mean, I wrote it down it's eighty to one to win, but it's up there. I wish I understood. I want to understand. Like, is it? I don't know. Like our personalities, or like what is it when people do the INFJ or like whatever we are? Oh, Myers Briggs. Oh, Myers Briggs. Like, what is our Myers? Maybe me and Jeff are the same one, and you guys have the same one because I just I really don't. A lot of times, I'm like, this was good for people that are not me. I can see why people like this, but this one, I it's just completely... You just thought it was bad. Like, not a great show. I just really don't get it. Mm. It's just so not for you, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. What I want to do now is I want to talk about some of these performances, but I actually want to wait on that. Oh. What I want to bring up is at the beginning of the show, I mentioned that I thought this was kind of a traditional Western. Mm-hmm. I feel like you two are ready to push back on that. Mm. 
Um, convince me that this isn't kind of your run-of-the-mill sort of stock Western that we're used to. Do you want to go first? It's hard for me because I don't have, like, a super large exposure to Westerns in general. Right. At least where I'm fully engaged into it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I I think I agree with that. Like, I don't have a super extensive, like I said, I'm not a Western person. But what I will say about this one specifically that I thought was different, I thought that, um, like I was saying to you guys a little bit earlier... It's usually about the outlaw and and the outlaw being kind of like the hero. Yeah. And here it's really about good versus evil. And without spoiling it, that's what the show is about. It's about good versus evil set in a Western background. So yeah. it's not very typical. And then you have super strong female leads throughout, which is, dope. Which is not typical of a Western. Right. Um, and then you have... Like that almost introspective character who's dealing with mm-hmm. loss, but also himself and bravery yeah. and being strong and a lead. Like all of those things are mixed in with this. And so they're, they're falling asleep as you speak. <laughs> no, that character is the it's only just, one. <laughs> I was like, he lost his wife. That's I sad. Thought that was genius. I, That's what I think. It. That yeah. it is not like a typical western. A bang bang, you're dead. You're dead. Right. Mind you, it has all that stuff, yeah. but it has so much Those more. Those twists to it. I, I would definitely. I would. I think. I can't think of a western that has like the. The female dominance aspect to it, which True is really that's very cool. What, what I liked about it, it is that it wasn't just thrown in there; it was also within the context of that era. Right. So Absolutely. they still experience a lot of prejudice and oppression from men, and like just the opinion of their location was interesting. So I, I, I really love how they incorporated that. Yeah, yeah. I think I wanted to sense, and uh, granted, I still have only seen the pilot, but <laughs> I sort of wanted to feel. I liked that the women were the protagonists and the mm-hmm. focus, but I wanted them to pop more. I know that sounds vague, but I love Michelle Dockery, but both her character, and there was another f- kind of tough female character. Merritt Weaver. Yeah. Mary Ann. I liked her, oh, and mm-hmm. I liked this like kind of Native American medicine woman, but like none of them, to me, something about the way they were written or performed didn't necessarily make them seem like these kind of interesting compelling characters mm-hmm. rather than just like beaten down life is tough women and I'm doing my best mm. I don't know if that makes any sense I get what you're saying but and like when I, the girl in True Grit is so spunky and like Haley Steinfeld she's uh, the Haley Steinfeld yeah. that's like a keep watching role. type one is my it? response okay. to that is like it fair gets enough yeah. yeah and you gotta remember it's the 1880s it's, yeah you know, they were by light there's yeah. nothing really yeah. to be for sure it's like keep your head up it's actually one of the things that they kind of go through yeah out. I just think I wanted more spunk, maybe from all of these characters. <laughs> yeah. Which maybe I think spunk isn't necessarily the thing that defines a classic western, but eh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming since you guys both liked it so much, a lot of people did, and yeah. I also know that I mean, westerns were a huge thing in America for so freaking long. Right. People are obsessed with westerns, and I never got it. My grandpa, you know, loved them, and he always fell asleep, and I'm like, why is he so obsessed with them? It keeps him falling asleep. <laughs> but obviously, there's this is this is for a certain group of people, and I'm glad that you two liked it, because I'm assuming a lot of people also did. Mm-hmm. And I just loved all the actors, like, all of them. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah, should no we talk about? Like, yeah. Should we talk about Sam Watterson? That was fun to see Sam Watterson. Mm-hmm. And I always love Sam Watterson. Jeff yeah. Daniels, because I love Newsroom. Love and him. it was fun to see Jeff Daniels as a villain. Yes. Because I feel like we're used to Jeff Daniels as being like the moral center yes. of, yeah. of the world. Yeah. And yeah. he was great. Like I, He delivered. He delivered. Mm-hmm. And like he's got this crazy beard. Like I <laughs> I just wanted to love this show. You wanted show. to be into it. I, yeah. I would challenge you to, you know, it's another hour, but check it out <laughs> if you want. You mean yeah. another and Jack O'Connell in your brain? I, like to I couldn't stop though. So it's just it's, it's so funny to hear. Yeah, that. it is. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned Jack O'Connell. Yeah, he's playing the lead here. He's playing in the show against spoiler territory a little bit, but it's we find out quickly he's playing Jeff Daniels' son. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack O'Connell. I knew him from Unbroken. That's me too. Yeah, is there any, he's pretty new. I don't know if he's done much else, but I think he's doing a good job. I think all of these performers are doing a great job. It's, I mean, this is prestige television at its best. But here's something I want to bring up about prestige television to me, especially historical prestige television. Mm-hmm. If I'm watching a historical show, I sort of want to have a reason for it. So mm-hmm. did you guys watch Mad Men? It's okay if you didn't. No, I didn't. Mad Men is wonderful. I would encourage you to go back and watch that show. The thing I like about Mad Men is there was such a clear reason for making that show. Mm-hmm. What was the reason? So the show is set in an ad copy agency in like the 50s, 60s. But what they're doing is they're very clearly commenting on the state of women right now. And I think of The Handmaid's Tale, which isn't a historical show, but it's doing the same thing where that show is created to kind of tell us about where we are right now. And sometimes when I watch historical westerns, I'm like, besides being an interesting story, I want there to be a reason to go back 150 years. I want you to... Keep watching? Yes. Okay. I thought he was going to be like, I want you to um, expand your view of... I want you to keep watching, because I think that there is a strong female presence in this western. I think you'd have to pay me. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll give the second Did you say someone has to pay? To it's, it, yep. to, yeah. <laughs> you, it takes a while to get there, though. At Linda, least five dollars. You want to pay Sam? I'll five pay bucks? you five bucks. <laughs> I will. We'll go get drinks and then I'll get ten more and go home yeah, and watch and it. Watch it. Like, <laughs> we'll go get drinks and you can come over and watch it with me and we'll talk. Oh, about okay, it. I love it. You'll, so you'll, just, you'll, you'll be able to pause it and ask a question and she'll yeah. answer it for and you. And I'll be yeah. like, "What? So what? What happened here? Yeah, you, you'll get it. Um, I'm super annoying. <laughs> so it sounds like overall we're kind of mixed on Godless. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is good. I feel like all of us can acknowledge that it's a beautifully shot, well acted show. Yes. Um, I think. My initial take was if you love westerns, you'll love this show. I think Dean and Linda would push back and say if you love well-written dramas, you'll love this show. Yeah. Yes. I'll I that. would be curious for those watching who have seen it because it's been out for about a week. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Let us know what we're missing. If mm-hmm. I'm not seeing something, if Sam isn't seeing something, I'm clearly not. Or if you <laughs> loved it, let us know that. Or if too. you yes, love, let of us course. know. I would love, show that love. And also let us know if you think we should be running an after show for this. I know we do have a Netflix news show, which I'm sure discussed this as oh. well. Mm-hmm. So tune into the Netflix news show. Let me know what you think. Before we move on to our ratings out of five, anything else related to the show that we haven't discussed? That last scene. I wanted to just be in the scene with it. In the pilot. Yeah. In the so pilot. obviously spoiler territory, oh, but... Was that not where we were? No, we were. <laughs> no, 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 you're totally spoiler. fine. Yeah, I'm you're just fine. letting them know one more time. That last scene was gorgeous. Gorgeous. You're talking specifically about the horses. The horses and the water. The water was, was like flicking. I felt like I was right there. It I was wanted epic. to be on one of the horses. Yeah. It was epic. <laughs> Fantastic. Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's Maybe where that's where yeah, they, they shine. Mm-hmm. It looked very New Mexico. Yeah, I will say. <gasps> I loved it. Um, Did well, you like that at least the, the water part? I the think she was gone by then. She, yeah, she turned. Were it you off. still awake? <laughs> yeah, right. She I was like up. just watching. I was like, <laughs> wait, is this a? Oh, yay! <laughs> so 
sorry. I'm so sorry. I no, feel you, guilty. No, don't you feel should guilty. not feel guilty at all. I don't. There, I will say, critics love it. I was looking at some viewer opinions, and it's a bit more mixed. So, yeah. um, eh, you know, that's TV for you. Yeah. Yep. So, out of five, I think I would give this a three. A hard three, mm-hmm. and I'd be curious to hear how you guys feel. What you got? What you got, Linda? You first. You oh, always okay. Make go first. So five being like perfect, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go. You gave it a three. Yeah. I'll have to go with four then. Okay. Two. Fair. I mean, that, both, both of you's numbers is higher than, than what I thought y'all would uh, go with, but yeah. uh, I'm probably gonna go four. As four. Well. Yeah. Cool. Um, do we? So this is a limited series. We always do our life or death segment, whether we think the show's gonna make it. Um, it's a limited series, so. I guess that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Good definitely going to die. It, it, yeah. the I only, think it's, I'm glad they did that. Me that too. It could have drawn out way longer than it should have. Well, the interesting thing is it makes you wonder if Scott Frank will get another opportunity with Netflix because, um, gosh, I can't think of his name now. The true creator, uh, his last name is something very Italian. But, about True Grit creator? Uh, true, uh, sorry, the True Detective creator true for HBO. Oh. That's another limited series show, but it's anthologized. So yeah. HBO just greenlit a third season of True Detective. If people love Godless, I could see maybe a different season or storyline yeah. taking place Same in the concept. West. Yeah. Or, or just, not in the West. Yeah. Or them just giving the opportunity for Scott, Scott Frank to create something yeah. new. Create something new. Because I don't know if they can really go anywhere after. Yeah, Unless it's be... just new characters, you know, yeah, just the true. same, I don't know. Same genre. Same kind of like, yeah. zone, but Got we'll it. see. Um, uh, either way. Nick Pozzolato. Nick P- Pizzolato. Pizzolato. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Thanks. Um, anyway, that's our coverage on Godless, guys. We'd be curious to hear what you think. I think Dean Linda loved it. I liked it. Sam did not. I, no. Which is fine. The next show we're talking about is another Netflix show that also recently just released. Linda, let me know when. November 23rd. November 23rd. Thanksgiving. Um, really? This show mm-hmm. is the very, very famous Spike Lee's take on television. Actually recreating a, his first film. Right. One of his first films. One of his first films. She's Gotta Have It. Let's go ahead and give our overall reactions to this pilot and our pass or play. Uh, let's start with. Let's go with D'Angelo. Yeah, you suggested. Yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, I'm a big Spike Lee fan. That's part of a lot of the stuff I watched when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. I have affinity towards it. I had not seen this movie. Um, and so I will say, after I watched the movie, I started like the first episode more. Because at first it was a little cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I gave it a play after doing the research that I did. Um, and I will say that it is a show that is very, very, very in tuned into the African American culture. So that can make a lot of people feel like they can't connect to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which so I would challenge people with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. But that's I play for both. Play, play for both. Play for both. Yes. Um. Okay. So it's it it is a pass for me generally. At the same time, though, the questions that it posed to me while I was driving here thinking about it um, I was like well you know what maybe Mm -hmm. it's not and I appreciate what my afterthoughts were I never saw the movie and I felt like I was missing a huge piece of the puzzle so perhaps if I saw it because I really did want to connect to it on a level of feminism and being a woman Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah it it missed a lot of stuff for me, but I also felt like I was missing a piece, yeah. which was the movie I never saw. Yeah. Um, so I was never a Fike, Spike Lee. Spike Lee fan. And I had not ever seen the movie, but what I did do was watch the movie before I watched the pilot. Good for you. Um, yeah, just so that I could get a better understanding of what was going on. Um, so I am a play for myself, and I'm a play for the audience. And 
I guess I want to say my backstory is I'm from Canada, so I don't have that same like African American background. Mm-hmm. But this pilot still really resonated with me um, because it is about women and feminism and kind of being a creative person mm-hmm. and having to deal with life, mm-hmm. you know, personal stuff yeah. and work stuff. So um, I'm going to say it's a play. Well said. Um, I also like Spike Lee. I think he's a very um, specific voice in the filmmaking community, which I always love that. Even if I don't always vibe with all of your stuff, if you're giving me something that I haven't really seen and it feels fresh, I'm into it. And Spike Lee always does that for me, even for his things that kind of miss. I will say, for 25 minutes of this pilot, I was like, this is a lot of style. Mm. I'm not sure how much substance there is. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's this very fizzy show with a lot of interesting editing and music choices, but I was like, what's actually happening right now? Mm. And then the last five minutes of this pilot happened, and I kind of changed my mind. And I really liked what we were left with. Um, So I'm a play. I'm going to keep watching this show. I don't think I would have said that if the last five minutes weren't what they were. Interesting. Um, Yeah, and... Yeah, I think there's a lot of good Spike Lee stuff going on here. I think some of the criticism Spike Lee gets, maybe the style over substance argument, is here a little bit too. But I'm excited to talk about it more. Um, that being said, let's talk about the development. As we mentioned, this is a Spike Lee show, one of the film, I'd say a treasure of American filmmaking. Um, he is basing this series off of a movie that he wrote and directed in the 80s called She's Gotta Have It. My research was that it was kind of his debut film. Is that right? Maybe his uh, second? It is. No, you're right. It is. It's it his is, debut film? It's his debut film. Um, so it's sort of kind of what allowed him to make some of the iconic work he has. Of mm-hmm. course, Malcolm X. He, you could argue he launched Denzel's career. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he just... Did you guys see Chirac, which recently came out? No. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I really liked that movie, too. I just think he's an interesting voice. Anyway, this was um, Netflix's chance to give Spike Lee really his first kind of television producing experience mm-hmm. and he definitely did that. Yes. Um, let's talk about these performances. She's Gotta Have It really features four central characters and if I'm right these four central characters pretty closely mirror the movie. Closely with some twists with some right. important, okay. important twists. Um, here we go into spoiler territory guys mm-hmm. but the four main characters are um, Nola Darling Mars Blackman Jamie Overstreet and Greer Childs mm-hmm. they are respectively played by DeWanda Wise Anthony Ramos Lyric Bent and Cleo Anthony who is going to be at After Buzz tomorrow actually just so you guys know Ooh. Cleo Anthony is being interviewed on Black Hollywood Live's show next they're our sister awesome. network so check it out um, what did you guys think of these characters and performances? And Linda and D'Angelo, I'd be interested to see how they compare with the original. Okay. Um, let me go first again. Okay. <laughs> I have five questions. Uh, no worries. So how I felt about the characters. Um, I really enjoyed the twist and changes he made to make this more relevant to 2017. Because mm-hmm. at the time of the release of the movie, it was, it was prim- primarily focused on her being sexually free which is still like something that is part of the show mm-hmm. but the changes he made with her monologue in the beginning and the male characters mm-hmm. um, really like that's something that I made me enjoy the show more is because it's like it felt really realistic um, mm-hmm. and yeah I can't remember any of your other questions so that's what I have well I, I think you answered them I was just kind of curious how it compared to the movie so yeah. I, I think, think that... he updated is what he did Definitely. he updated it to make it like a twist so his character in the 1986 movie is now played by is he D- Dominican? Oh, that yes, or, I yes, think yes. maybe Puerto Rican or Puerto Rican. I would have to look that up. I'm not sure what his ethnicity mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, but he also stayed cr- true to the character's craziness. I want to say yes, um, and that was the biggest character from the show. He like was in commercials. Right. That's the character that Spike Lee played. 
Oh, uh, in the Mars. movie. Right, right, right. It's yeah. about Mars, right? That's yes. Mars. Anthony Ramos in this mm-hmm. TV series, mm-hmm. just so you know. Yep. And then the other thing that we talked about a little bit earlier was uh, the monologue in the beginning is almost identical to the monologue mm-hmm. from the movie, cool. which is, you know, really kind of cool. And he filmed it in black and white in the movie, and mm-hmm. he filmed it in vibrant color for mm. this. Oh, that's cool. So that was like kind of a juxtaposition, yeah. I want to say. Um, and then I just thought that there were so many references from the movie, which is maybe what you were saying, why you felt like you were missing something. There's so many references from the movie down to, like we were talking about earlier, the song. So the song of the movie is called Nola mm-hmm. and is written by Spike Lee's dad, Bill Lee. And it's the opening credits to the pilot, but it's also her ringtone. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, yep. That's very cool. I like those I things. Cool. Yeah. I just, I I need to put this out there. So first of all, I was a theater major. I love theater. One of the things I really liked about this pilot was that I felt like I was watching a play a little bit with the monologues mm. and all of that. Um, and what this show reminded me of was Dear White People, not because of the demographic mm-hmm. whatsoever, but because of the way they had monologues, yes. they addressed the camera, and were introducing all of the characters. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say the exact same thing, just yeah. so you know, and I was also going to qualify it with, <laughs> we're not just comparing these shows because yes. they're primarily black. There's just yeah. a lot of stylists. But Newsroom does the same too. thing. Yeah. Newsroom yeah. does the same thing as yeah. well as, uh, what's the Netflix? House of Cards. House of Cards. Cards. Yeah. Same thing where you're direct yeah. to camera. But yeah. I will just say, you know, with Dear White People, I when I watched that pilot, I knew that I also missed something, which was the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to hop on and understand and watch the entire thing. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this, I kind of felt like there was too much missing for me to really hop on that train. Mm. Can I piggyback? Because yeah. I like had the exact same thought. I and again, I want to be careful because I don't want to just imply that I'm seeing similarities with Dear White People because they're both black shows. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm seeing is they're both shows that are based off of movies. Mm-hmm. They're both shows that are heavily stylized with dialogue that does feel theatrical. I think both of these shows are written in a way that doesn't necessarily reflect the everyday beats of conversation. They're much more heightened. I think both shows kind of really dig into witty, heightened dialogue that doesn't always work for me. But Dear White People had something to me that um, this show doesn't. Dear White People was really interested in like ideas and themes. Like the, So the show has these interesting... It's character-driven, just like this show, and each episode features a different character. And it does dig into a lot of the interesting sexual politics of what it's like to date nowadays, which is the primary aspect of this show. But Dear White People also had a lot of interest in the politics of race in college. And, like, the... I'm just, like, not gathering my words very well today, but sort of the structures of patriarchy within the black community and outside of the black community, there was just a lot more for me to kind of sink my teeth into with Dear White Mm -hmm. People. Mm -hmm. I loved that show. That was one of my favorite shows I watched last year. Yeah, me too. To me, this is just a romantic comedy with interesting dialogue. Like... Mm -hmm. I didn't find it so romantic, you know, either. And on a, a woman's perspective watching the show... You know, I kind of go to Samantha from Sex and the City because I just try to kind of try to understand, you know, this woman that really is trying to find she likes sex and she likes but she's still like trying to try out all of these men to kind of figure out who she is. 
not who she is, but, but I kind of a little bit. Yeah, and that I think was my issue with it. That's at least how I took it because mm-hmm. it's like each of these men is somehow a defining, part of her, defining her a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I think at the end of the day, I see your face here. I'm sorry. No, 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 no it's no, totally no, fine. But I'm trying I, to think of my. Result. But I also think with these t- kind of shows, it's important to be completely brutally honest uh-huh. because that's what everyone is thinking too. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, I'll yeah. let Linda add in too, but I think that's kind of the challenge or the what I thought uh, what I liked about the show is that I feel like she it was not about the men it was just about her ability like she's not getting anything from them other than what she wants which is like a sexual thing like, yeah. like a sexual connection and I think that was what they're challenging is that that idea of like when it comes to a relationship for a female she has to be there's something like she's getting something from this like she's not the one in power or the one in control and so she's like she's the player in a sense in this sh- in this show like usually right. you see the guys that so it's like all the things that come with that like I think it's challenging your your idea of what a, a woman should do in a mm-hmm. relationship and her ability to have sexual freedom right. and her ability to say um this is what works for me and it may not come in monogamy it may not come in one person but it might come in two people or three people and I'm allowed to explore myself in my sexuality with these people without being labeled or stereotyped as a sex addict as a sex addict or as a freak especially as an African American woman with all the labels that have already come on that excuse me as they're sexualized as well Mm -hmm. anyways in the media so I think that it's not just about her liking sex. It's right. about her exploring her sexuality in 2017 mm-hmm. with all the definitions and stereotypes that are associated with being a single black female in New York City. Yeah. I think that's what a what good way of saying it is like, it's her doing all of these sexual things without being sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's the goal of how they're trying to, trying to portray her. Mm-hmm. Now, if now the, my, my gripe with the show is like, at least in the first episode, there were some things missed or not delivered from an acting standpoint. Like, I don't think everyone was... It, it did. Like, it was really cheesy moments to me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the monologue with the guy saying their mm-hmm. lines to her while she's walking down the street. It's a lot. It was just... Yeah. I think we could have cut that in half. Yeah. But I feel like he kept that because it's in the movie. And in the movie... I mean, in the movie, that was an iconic thing. Like, you know what I mean? And I feel like... So it's just it was that power struggle maybe for him of like what's it what to keep so that my fans who saw the movie know what to bring in but also modernize this so that everyone can really and that's go ahead I actually liked that part I thought it was funny and when men do that to women which they freaking do and it's like blasphemy especially in New York yeah especially (laughs) in New York and and you just think like is this real life what do you think is gonna happen here this is so funny until you touch me or do something terrible and ridiculous. Yeah. It's insane. And yeah. so I enjoyed that part of it because it's kind of like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And again, I was not really ever a big Spike Lee fan, but I do think that just in researching for this and and watching a few of the other episodes, he is really theatrical mm-hmm. um, in his in the acting, and I don't think that the, any of the acting is, you know, award-winning acting, but I also think that he's doing that so that you can bring the concepts and the ideas of what he's trying to say to light. So, for example, if you don't want something to be so, so serious, he's going to make it super corny, Mm -hmm. and you're going to catch it, and you're going to get his point, which is what I think Mm. Spike Lee's style is. What I also did really enjoy about this show is all the quotes from literature that 
I may not have necessarily known, but seeing it and hearing it and like, oh, taking my Google and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that's from this and that's from mm. that. And the music that he uses is all very 80s, popular, and maybe even before the 80s. And some of the songs, you know, you think you know them, but then you don't. And then he, you know, he Pops tells you who it is. Yeah. And then just the history of of women. Yeah. This movie's from 1986, yeah. and we're still dealing with the same right. things mm. in 2017. I changed my mind. I think I'm going to watch more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hear it, and like, I'm glad you're bringing all this up, because this show is very stylish. Um, like, Again, it's very heightened dialogue. Some of it was problematic for me. There's one line where I think it's Greer, is he like the kind of Adonis sexy guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, me thinks a sex addict you might be. And oh, I was yeah. just like, what? what? Like, yeah. no, why? why? It took it, like three steps too far. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. why did he say me thinks? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs> he's, he's over the top. He yeah, he but like, I will say, Spike Lee's doing that on purpose. I think yeah, so, too. He what is... I say. So Chirac, in case you guys didn't know, is a modernization of a classic Greek tragedy. Mm. Uh, so, so, or Greek comedy, sorry. But, mm. like, Spike Lee's this brilliant genius who's pulling references from literature and jazz mm. and spoken word, and, like, it's this really cool <laughs> collage. Sometimes I just wish he'd focus a bit more mm. I, to me like I again I just have to compare them one more time I think Dear White People was a very very stylish show in the same way that this is that maybe worked very hard to also give us some very intention thematic substance mm. like a 50-50 split yeah and right. give us things that you know a general audience does need that hasn't yeah. seen the movie mm-hmm. but I think this might have been more like a 70-30 split to me yeah. where we spent a lot of time watching them have sex in fast motion or seeing hashtags or album covers mm-hmm. whereas in the last five minutes we get this amazingly empowered feminist montage and I, I think I wanted just more of that mm. To grab to see. Have my you guys cheated? Has anyone oh, yeah, else? Cheated. You cheated? cheated. Do we get some of that? Or? We get a lot of it. Yeah, right. I think so. Okay. What did it, and they get in the body image, and it's it's good. It's okay. Really good. Cool. I, then I will I'm keep biased, checking out because like the thematic interest is what I'm into way more than the hashtags and the album covers. For those who haven't seen it, there's a lot of moments where there's editing choices that I think got gimmicky kind of quick, mm. but also no, make the sh- make the show what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think Spike Lee fans are going to love the show. Mm-hmm. I think if you have trouble with his obsession with style... He does love style. You yeah. might get a little overwhelmed or just roll your eyes a bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. It's it's classical, typical Spike Lee all the way style. through. Yeah, that's it. yeah, That's it. So you're yeah. going to love it or not like it at yeah. all. Um, cool. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to keep watching because... That last five minutes, really, I was like, okay, this is what I care about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I'm going to keep watching. Mm -hmm. Let us know in the comments what you guys think. Before we move on, anything else about She's Gotta Have It, the Netflix series that you guys want to talk about? Nope. It's interesting. I just think it brings up a lot of conversations, and it it took me a couple hours to sit on it and think about it more. Mm -hmm. At first, I was like, eh, and then I thought about it. So if that's saying something, I think that's a good thing. Mm. Yeah, okay. Awesome. Well, guys, yes. I was going to say this. I also think, too, now that I think about it, had I not just watched the movie, I wonder if my opinion would have been mm-hmm. different. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I actually, because I ended up watching the first episode, watched the movies, then watched the episode again. And I wasn't, like, at first I was like, uh. But I don't know why, but the movie just, not that the movie was, like, exceptional. It just made me understand a lot of things. Yeah, but, and there's a lot of references. Yeah. Yeah. Is the movie on of... Netflix? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. Oh, I no? think it is. It's yeah, on Netflix. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like the movie really informed your viewing of the yes. movie? It did. Like, yes. even the monologue in the beginning, like, how would you know right. if you hadn't seen the movie? Yeah. So I guess watch it on Netflix, guys, before yeah. you start the show. That might be helpful. Good stuff. Cool. 
Um, well, guys, this has been TV Pilot Reviews. Today we reviewed two Netflix shows, Godless and She's Gotta Have It, both very recently released. Have we picked a pilot for next week yet? We I haven't. I don't think so. Okay, well, there's a number of options. I'm sure Netflix will be releasing more stuff, but maybe we try to hop off Netflix, because the problem is we just keep watching more than the pilot. That being said, let us know what you guys think of these shows, whether or not you haven't watched them, have just watched the pilot, or watched more. Let us know what you think in the comments. Of course, you guys can also connect with us on Twitter. If you guys want to connect with me on Twitter, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. This show goes live every Wednesday at 10 p.m. If you're listening in your car on a podcast, join us next week for the live chat if you're watching on youtube same thing um also if you guys want rate us five stars on itunes because that really really does help others find the show um yeah and we thank you every week for tuning in i we do love hearing your thoughts so comment 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 down below especially about these shows yeah. yes mm-hmm. yes please um linda and linda so girly <laughs> Uh, Sam Davidson, SamD43, Twitter and Instagram, SamDavidsonEntertainment.com. Would love to hear your thoughts, and I always do. And I'm D'Angelo. You can hit me up on Twitter at D'Angelo TV or on Instagram at D'Angelo. Guys, thanks. See you next week. Bye. 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 From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 